Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. You know, I don't always uh, take the stage, don't do it very often. And so when I do, I tend to, in our home, get what I want for a week or so. And so um, today I asked to be led in worship by my pastor, um, Pastor Jeremy. I know he is the father of my children. He is my husband, but he is very much my pastor, just like he is yours. And I wanted to be led in worship by him today. And didn't he do an incredible job? I just love him. I ask him pretty often, like, what does it feel like to be the most talented person in any room you walk in? It's kind of sickening, you know, but he's, he's so talented and I'm so honored that he led us in worship today. But happy Mother's Day to you today. It's all about the moms in the room, and it's my honor to um, honor you today. So if you are a first-time mom, will you stand for me today and then stay standing? Is there any first-time mamas? I'm struggling to see. Maybe not. Okay. Oh, there's some first-time mamas. Yay! Okay. If you are a mom, grandmas, don't stand yet. Don't stand yet, grandmas. Moms, if you're a mom in the room, stand up for me. All the mamas, stand up for me. There we go. All right, keep standing. And now, to the women we really couldn't live without, those grandmas who take away our children when we feel like we're at our wit's end. Will all the grandmas in the room stand and let us thank you for saving us in moments. It really is an honor to have you here today. Thank you for being here. Moms, we love you. We couldn't do it without you, and so we honor you today. I am a mom of four little ones. Well, they're not so little anymore, but I think they're going to throw a picture of my family. I know there's some new faces around here, so I thought I would take a moment to share with you my family. This is them. And so right there you have Cooper. He's kind of the crazy-haired drummer. You never really know what you're going to see next with Cooper, like hair-wise. Sometimes it's curly, sometimes it's straight. Sometimes it's blonde and red, and you just don't know. He's great. He plays baseball at Cherokee High School. He loves Jesus. He has an unbelievable talent to play the drums. I'm lucky to have him. Then there's B. He's got the long hair, blue eyes, gorgeous freckles. Uh, He has a deep passion for Jesus. He serves in the media team back there on a regular Sunday, uh, plays lacrosse for Cherokee. That's actually where he slipped out today to go to, is to a lacrosse game. So I love him. Then there's Tucker, the spitting image of his father, my blonde hair, blue-eyed baby. He's hilarious, really. I can't discipline Tucker. He's so funny. He's upstairs right now serving in media, and I will tell on myself that more often than not, when Tucker is doing something that really deserves punishment, I have to get his father because I get tickled, and then Jeremy will say, Corey, if you can't keep it together, you need to leave the room. I'm like, I'm trying. He's hilarious. Look at him. So he's really funny. And then there's Kinley. Bless her heart. Look at that mess she has to deal with. But she serves She serves every Sunday as well in one of our kids' environments after she attends. We love this place. We love Generations Church. Jeremy is the pastor of this place, but it is a family affair, and we all love it, and we all serve Um, And so we're thankful for you because you are what is Generations Church. And so I just wanted to take a minute and share with you my little family. You know, motherhood is all about waiting, isn't it? I mean, have you ever thought about it? You know, if you're a mom, you probably spend most of the time waiting, right? You wait for the little line to confirm that, yes, in fact, you will be a mother. And then you wait for the awful 
three months of the first trimester, right? You're worried and then you're sick and then you're sick again and you're worried and you're tired and you're sick and tired of being worried and all the things. So you wait for that first trimester to be over and then you just wait for the third trimester. Then you get to the third trimester and you get to the last four weeks. And let's be honest, that's the longest four weeks of your life. If you are pregnant, if you've ever been pregnant, the last four weeks of your pregnancy, you're going to doctor visit after doctor visit, week after week, expecting for them to tell you that you're gonna have a baby any moment, only for them to tell you, no, you have another week to go. But everybody you see in public's like, woo, you're gonna have a baby any moment. And you're like, nope, that's not what the doctor just told me. I'm, I'm gonna be pregnant forever. So the last four weeks of your pregnancy, they're really long, they take forever. Then you have the baby, you wait in the hospital, and then you go home and then you wait for the baby to smile and wait for the first food and wait for them to crawl, right? Then you wait for them to start school and then maybe you wait for them to graduate and then maybe you wait for them to finish college so you're not broke anymore. And then maybe you wait for them to get married and then you wait for the beloved title of grandmother, right? So I've been told. It's so much of a waiting game. But waiting is not a new concept. It's not something uh, new to us. It's not a foreign idea. People have been waiting since the beginning of time, especially women. If you've ever looked at women in the Bible, most of them spent a large majority of their time waiting for Jesus to show up. You know, you have Rachel. Rachel was waiting for her husband, right? She was waiting for Jacob. You have Elizabeth and Sarah. They waited to be able to carry a child, right? God had promised them. You have Ruth. Ruth waited for God to provide for her. She was waiting for provision. You have Mary. She was waiting on the promised child. Talk about a wait. You're going to carry the savior of the world. Now just wait nine months for him to get here, right? Wait, lots of wait. But today I'm going to talk to you about maybe an overlooked character of the Bible. A woman in the Bible that waited, but maybe we don't hear about her too often. She only takes up two short verses in the Bible. Her name is Anna. And Anna is this precious elderly woman who committed her entire life to pursuing something that God had promised her. We can look at her story in Luke chapter two, verses 36 through 38. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to turn there with me. If not, the verses will be on the screen. It says this, there was, an, there was also a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel. We're just gonna call him Pen because they don't have that name in the world anymore and that's a hard one to say. So daughter of Pen, okay, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Don't you love that title? She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 years old. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, a little backstory of Anna that you may not see in this verse is that Anna had been promised that before she died, she would see Jesus. And so every day, Anna would get up and she would stay in the temple and she would pray and she would fast and she would worship. Now on our end, we find out that she does in fact see Jesus. And at that moment, she says, you can take me. Like the promise has been fulfilled. But when you're 91 years old and you have waited 
91 years for a promise to be realized. That's a long wait. Says that she was a widow. She was only married seven years. And then she was a widow for 84. And she waited, trusting and believing God that the promise that she had been given would be fulfilled. And I think today as women, even as men in the room, there's some things we can take away from Anna's story. The first is that she was faithful. Being faithful while you wait is more difficult than you think, right? Anna faithfully, every day, got up, surrendered herself, surrendered her desires, surrendered her wants to say, God, I'm going to be faithful to the process. Have you ever been stuck in traffic and you wanted to get through traffic and so you try to cut corners to maybe get there a little faster because you're what? You're tired of waiting, right? Have you ever had your child, maybe if they're a grade schooler, they're doing their homework and they're being a little too meticulous? Like, I know, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that cares that they're being really meticulous. But after several hours of homework, I'm like, my God, just write down anything, okay? It doesn't matter. They're gonna go over in class tomorrow, write down anything, right? Faithfulness is hard to keep going. But the Bible says that do not grow weary in your well-doing, but in due time, you will reap a harvest. Sometimes in our hurry, in our weariness, sometimes we like faithfulness and we begin to justify compromise. We begin to think, oh my goodness, this is taking forever. I think I can get there faster. No one will know. It will be okay. It will help me along. And so we begin to cut corners and justify compromise, but not Anna. For 91 years, she waited and she did the same thing every day, trusting and believing that God was going to honor his promise. Faithful while we wait. The other thing that we see about Anna is that she trusted. She trusted that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. She trusted and believed that God would come through on his end of the bargain. See, faithfulness depends on us, right? Faithfulness is about our actions, us staying true to something. But trust is us relying on God to keep his promise, that he in fact will be faithful to us, that he will in fact honor what it is that his word says that he promises to us. And so Anna trusted that God is and was who he said that he was. But sometimes when we're waiting a really long time, we forget trust, right? Trust gets hard. But the Bible says that Anna was a widow for 84 years. See, there was a moment in Anna's life where she had to completely rely on Jesus. So maybe when her husband passed, she felt such grief, she realized Jesus as comforter. Maybe when her husband passed, she realized Jesus as provider. I think sometimes when we find ourselves in a situation of waiting, we have to remind ourselves who God is, that he's trustworthy, that we can commit our hearts and our lives to him. And when situations and circumstances get tough and we're like, where are you, Jesus? Why are you not showing up? We can remind ourselves if he's ever healed before, guess what? He can heal again. 
If he's ever provided for someone before, guess what? He can provide again. If he's ever saved before, he can save again. Whatever it is that you need Jesus to do in your life, wait on him, trusting that he will come in on his end of the bargain because he is trustworthy. And we see in scripture that Anna trusted. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, what makes sense to us, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will direct you, he will guide you, he will lead you. So while Anna waited, she trusted that God would come through. He is a trustworthy God. The last thing we see, number three, is that Anna worshiped. The Bible says she worshiped night and day. Every day surrendering, surrendering her life to God, proclaiming his promises, she worshiped. Here's the thing I love about worship and why I was even telling you about being led in worship by my pastor. It's because worship isn't about me. Worship isn't about you. Worship is about rightful position. It's about positioning ourselves, understanding that it is God who is in control that it is God that is who we need. It is positioning ourselves at our rightful place to say we are nothing without you, Jesus. And worship has this incredible ability to capture the very heart of God and get his attention. There's this incredible story in the Bible of the woman with the issue of blood. She bled for 12 years. The Bible actually says that she was seen and endured much under many doctors. That was 12 years, 4,380 days she was sick. That's a long time. And it's easy for us, if you know the story again, to look at it and minimize it. But if you've been sick for 12 years, you know that's a long wait. That's a long time. And so she had been sick, she had seen all the doctors, but she gets word that Jesus is coming to town. And so she makes his, her way out into the streets. Jesus is walking through town. It says, the Bible says there was a crowd of people around him. And so this woman makes her way to Jesus and she reaches out her hand and she touches, the Bible says, just the hem of his garment. Like whatever she had to do just to touch Jesus. And the Bible says that she was immediately healed. She was healed before Jesus even turned around. The Bible says she touched the hem of his garment and she knew immediately she had been healed. But then Jesus says, who touched me? And his disciples, much like me and you, are like, are you crazy? You are surrounded by a crowd of people. There are people all around you. What do you mean who touched you? All these people are touching you. And Jesus said, no, virtue flowed through me. Something got my attention and I responded. Who touched me? And so then he turns around and it says, the woman began to confess, Jesus, it was me. I've been sick and it was me who touched you. And, the, and Jesus said to the woman, woman, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. It's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Because what Anna did is she reached out to Jesus and she got his attention. And all worship is, 
is reaching out to Jesus, acknowledging who he is to get his attention so that he will respond to us that he will turn to us. And so today, I don't know maybe what you're walking through or what you may feel like you're in a season of wait for, what you're needing God to do in you and through you and for you, whether it's healing in your body, restoration in your marriage, maybe it's salvation for your family or for your kids, maybe it's provision, maybe it's a job. I don't know what it is that you find yourself in a season of wait but I can tell you that the Bible gives very clear instructions of how to wait gracefully, how to wait and know that we can trust Jesus in our wait. Maybe today on Mother's Day, you're waiting for your child, much like Elizabeth or Sarah. You're waiting. God can be trusted in your wait. So what do we do while we wait? We worship. We worship the only one who can do something about our situation. We put ourselves in the rightful place to say, God, I need you. Respond to me. The Bible says this very countercultural thing. It says, Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and shall not faint. Now, I'm not a runner, but there are a few times I have attempted to run. And guess what? Every time, I am not stronger for it. I am not renewed. It says they will run and not grow weary. I want to say that's a lie. I've never run and not be weary. I'm exhausted. And then Jeremy will say, well, don't think about what you're doing. Just keep running. I'm like, think about what I'm doing. I feel like my body's falling apart. What do you mean? I'm stopping. But the Bible says that those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Maybe today you need to be renewed. And I'll tell you the opposite thing than probably you want to hear. If you want to be renewed, then you wait. The other day, Kinley and I went for a walk. Notice I said walk, not run. And Kinley wanted to ride her bike. Well, her bike goes a little faster than my legs. And so there were a few times that as she was riding, I would say, okay, go up a little bit in front of me and stop at the stop sign and wait for me. Just wait right there. She'd say, okay, so she'd ride, she'd stop at the stop sign. I would finally catch up to her. She'd be, you know, a little frustrated that it took me a little bit longer than she wanted. But in our neighborhood, there's a lot of like hills and turns when you're going, like depending on the track that you walk. And so she would ask to go up in front of me. And there were times that she would kind of crest the hill and she would go down the hill before I could get to her. And she would kind of, I'd lose sight of where she was at. And so I would say, Kinley, Kinley. Wait, stop right there, wait on me. I'm coming, wait. And I feel like maybe in the room today, there are some people and that's what Jesus is saying to you. Wait, just wait on me. Don't grow weary, don't give up. Trust me, remain faithful to the process. Don't get too far in front, just wait. Just wait on me. 
God can be trusted with whatever you're walking through. And let's just rest and wait in the promises of God that He is who He says that He is. He can do what He says He would do. If you are a tired mama in the room today, rest and wait on Jesus. Let Him renew your strength today. And while we wait, we'll worship. We'll worship. Let's pray together today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room today. I thank you that you are a God who cares. I thank you that on this Mother's Day, where we honor women, that you, God, in the Bible, give us an example of incredible women of faith that you teach us, even through their stories, how we can live today. And I, as I have prepared and prayed, I feel like there are women in the room, there are people in the room who are tired, who need you to step into their life, who need healing in their body, restoration in their marriage, children to come to know the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They need you to provide for them, Jesus. So today, Father, we'll remain faithful to the process. We'll trust that you will do what you've said you will do. And on our end, much like Anna, the Bible says that she worshiped day in and night, night and day. So today, While we wait on you, Jesus, we will worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.